All right, welcome to Grace Church. Man, this is awesome. We have a full house this morning. I think we got some in the overflow. Yeah, this is so, so great to see. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is the last Sunday of January. Like, wow, time flies. That's so incredible. But thank you so much for joining us here in person. Thank you to those of you that are watching online. And uh, today we are concluding our series through the book of Joshua. We've been going through the, uh, the book of Joshua, and we have seen that there has been a theme that has been reoccurring again and again and again, and that theme is to be strong and courageous, okay? Be strong and courageous. If there was ever a time where we needed strength and courage, it's now. And so I think this book has been very timely. It's been very encouraging for me personally, and I hope and pray and trust that it's been encouraging to you as well. Um, You know, the encouragement that Joshua received, he received it thousands of years ago to be strong and courageous. And it's still very timely for us today to be strong and courageous. You know, when we look at uh, the world around us, when we look at what's going on around us, I think many times, and I think many of us, we see confusion. You know, we we see a, a lack of clarity I think when we look around us, we, we see uh, all kinds of differing opinions and all kinds of people that are kind of shouting from the rooftops that what they're saying is true, but internally we're like, man, is it really? You know, is it really true? Like there's just so many voices that are speaking into and at us. It's sometimes hard to determine which way to go. But you know, There comes a time when people have to make a decision, when they have to make a choice. Choice is the ability that God has given each and every one of us to make a decision regarding the options that are before us, the ability to decide, the ability to choose. And with all the voices that we're hearing, there comes a time when you and I have to make a decision in Joshua chapter 24, that's where we're going to be today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 24. The verses are going to be up on the screen, um, and, uh, but you can look there uh, for yourself as well. If you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one today. So after the service, you can go to the Connect table. Just ask for a Bible. We would love to give you a Bible of your own. But in Joshua chapter 24, we see Joshua make a declaration. And Joshua declares that he is going to serve the Lord regardless of what's happening in the culture around him. And in the context of what we're going to be reading, Joshua is actually speaking to a large group of people. He's speaking to the entire nation of Israel. And he makes this declaration. And the people that are listening to him, they also have to decide. They have to make a decision. You see, Joshua couldn't make the decision for them. They had to decide who they were going to follow, who they were going to submit to, who they were going to give their lives to. They had to decide whether they would choose to serve God or choose to serve themselves. And in our current cultural climate, you know, the choice to serve God can sometimes look countercultural. You know, the reality is we will either choose His way or we will choose our own way. 
We can choose God's way or we can choose man's way. We can choose the secular way or we can choose the sacred way. But the choice is yours. You you have to decide. I I can't make the decision for you. Your your grandma can't decide for you. It's your decision. It's your choice. You know, the reality is, is you have to make the faith of God your faith. It can't be your parents' faith. It can't be your uncle or your aunt's faith. It has to be your faith. Otherwise, it will not be sustainable. It will not last when things get difficult. I've heard it said this way. When you make a decision, when you make a commitment to follow Christ, man, it's usually in a, in a moment of enlightenment. It's in, it's in a moment where you see the light. And I've heard it said, don't doubt in the dark what God has shown you in the light. Because sometimes life can get dark. And those difficulties and those challenges will come. The choice is yours. But you know, something we don't get to choose, something that we actually don't really have a say in is the, is the consequences of our decisions. You see, we get to make choices, but the consequences of those choices are in the hands of God. He's in control of that. You see, the reality is, is God is waiting on people to make a choice. And, and I know, you know, we all know, okay? There are some cultural hot topics right now, right? There are some cultural hot buttons that um, feels like kind of dancing in a minefield sometimes some cultural competing subjects, but the decision that God hopes that you and I will make is to know that His Word, His will, and His way will determine our choice. Okay, That's what God hopes you will decide, is that His Word, His will, and His way will determine your decisions, and your choices. And that's why I love the declaration from Joshua. And I picture Joshua, I don't know exactly what he looked like, but we know that he led uh, uh, armies to go in and defeat the city of Jericho and the city of Ai. And and so I kind of picture like a a pretty manly dude. You know, he's, he's a strong man. And he's standing in front of an entire nation. So I, I picture him speaking this pretty boldly. And it's a bold declaration, and I want us to read it right now. Joshua chapter 24, we're going to read verses 14 and 15. So this is Joshua speaking to a large group of people, the entire nation of Israel. He says, so fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols of your ancestors. Put away the the idols that your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. Verse 15. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today who you're going to serve. Come on, make a decision is what he's saying. Life is all about choices and decisions. So choose today who you're going to give your life to. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors? You know, the gods that you served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? 
But as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Come on, that would have been a good time to clap right there, all right? Come on. All right. You're like, I don't know why I'm clapping. (laughs) Okay. Okay, here's an example of someone who makes a choice, someone who makes a decision. And in the context of what Joshua is speaking, if you read the, the whole chapter of Joshua 24, Joshua is concerned that the people he's speaking to who have left the false gods of Egypt haven't really left the false gods of Egypt. See, that's how it works sometimes is God wants to set us free. He wants to set you free from your brokenness. But a lot of times we like to hold on to our brokenness. We like to hold on to some things from our past that were not right, that were messed up. We want to hold on. And God's saying, hey, man, cut free from that. Like, I want, to, I want to take you into freedom, but you're trying to hold on to brokenness. And that's exactly what the people of Israel were doing. I think sometimes maybe it, it, it makes us feel more comfortable to hang on. It makes us feel like we're in control, you know, if we hang on to some of our past, some of our brokenness. But Joshua's saying, hey, we need to, we need to uh, be set free from that. We need to move in to the freedom that God has for us. You see, I think a lot of times what the nation of Israel was experiencing, and I think we experience the same thing, is is we want the benefits of God without submission to God. Like we want God to cover us. We want God to protect us. We want, God, would you please pour favor on me and my family? And man, everything I do, would you just turn it to gold? You know, God, I want what's best. I want what you have for me. But then when he says, okay, but I want you to follow me. I want your submission. We're like, ah, it's going a little bit too far, God. So Joshua was trying to make it clear to the people, listen, you're not in Egypt anymore. And Joshua is encouraging the people of Israel with a powerful truth. And this is a truth that we can apply to our own lives today And this truth that Joshua was was declaring is this. Don't let the culture you are living in define the decisions that you make. Okay, let let me say that one more time. Don't let the culture that you're living in define the decisions that you make. See, the reality is, is we're hearing voices all over the place telling us who we are how we're supposed to think, how we're supposed to operate, how we're supposed to feel. And those voices are coming at us all the time and those voices are coming at us, you know, out on the street, in the workplace, in our schools, in the media, even from friends and family. But once again, you are the one that has to make the decision. You are the one that has to choose. Are you going to make a decision based upon the culture around you? Or are you going to make a decision based upon the Christ inside of you? Joshua knew that they were going to experience pressures in this new land that they were living in, in this culture that they were living in. He knew that 
the chances of spiritual compromise were sky high. And Joshua was encouraging them and telling them like, hey, you don't want to mess around with idols. You know, whenever you, uh, whenever you read the scriptures, there's a lot of um, verses. You'll, you'll encounter a lot of conversation around idols, a lot of scripture around idols. And so let's talk about an idol for just a, a minute. An idol is actually a noun. So an idol is a person, a place, or a thing. Person, place, or a thing that you look to as your source of hope and strength. Okay, are are you with me? All right, it's a noun. A person, place, or thing that you look to as your source of hope, as your source of strength, maybe even for your deliverance or where you try to find fulfillment. And today, I I would argue and I would say that we in America have some very sophisticated idols, okay? Very sophisticated. It could be technology. It could be politics. It could even be your race. It could be education. It could be income. It could be your career. It could be athletics. It could be anything or anyone that trumps God in your decision-making. Like you set God aside and you put something else in His place. That is an idol. Anything or anyone that can overrule God, including yourself. We have a lot of people that worship themselves in our society today. Something you you need to understand, and I am trying to understand as well. But the truth, the reality is God cannot be second. He cannot be second. He, He wants to be the center of your life. He wants to be first in your life. You know, my concern with all the cultural turmoil that we're going through is that, you know, we will, we will pray to God. We will, you know, do even religious things and we'll desire once again the benefits of God, but we won't allow God to have the lordship of our lives. It's kind of like a one foot in, one foot out mentality. It's kind of like saying, God, I'll, I'll let you lead. You know, God, I'll let you drive as long as I think that you're going the right way. But as soon as I think that you're off path a little bit, then God, give me the will, okay? It's not Jesus take the will. It's I'm going to take the will from Jesus, okay? That's what I'm going to do. I want the will back. I'm going to take control of my life, not God. Let's take a a look um, just a little bit closer at Joshua's declaration. First of all, we see, if you're taking notes, We see that Joshua's declaration was a personal declaration. He says, but as for me, okay, it's a personal declaration. The decision to follow God cannot be made by someone else for you. Joshua said, as for me, you've got to make the decision. You've got to decide. You've got to say, this is how I roll, okay? This is is how I function. I am a follower 
of Jesus Christ. My allegiance is to the God of the Bible, His will, and His way. And I've decided that. I've made that choice. Now, in a culture that's chaotic, you know, it can be tough to make that decision because people, they want you to fall in line with what they believe or what they think. And oftentimes, it's, they want you to fall in line with what they think or what they believe because that's how you're accepted or that's how you become popular is you just kind of fit in with the crowd and, okay, nobody's going to notice me. Nobody's going to give me a hard time. Woo, this is comfortable. I don't know why I'm waving my arms like this, but yeah. All right? I was walking weird. I don't know. That was weird. You know, some people might be thinking like, Justin, are you, are you speaking to the left-wing people, you know? Yeah, that's, that's amen, Justin. Are you speaking to the right-wing people? Oh, come on, Justin, let them have it. No, I'm speaking to the whole bird. See, the reality is, is, it, is it's, it's not left-wing, it's not right-wing, it's God's way. I, I'm trying to introduce something that may be brand new to many people in our culture today. His way is different. It's God's way. It's God's way. Let me say it one more time. It's God's way. And that way, it's, it's somewhere in here. Like, it's not here, it's not here, it's, it's in here, and it's, it can be a hard way. Leads me to uh, the illustration of the jellyfish. All right? I've used this illustration before, but I thought to myself this week as I was sermonizing, I was like, man, Justin, that illustration was so good. I, I just, I think you should use it again, all right? So here we go. All right, in order for this illustration to work, you have got to put on your imagination. You've got to loosen up a little bit. So, hey, man, if everybody would just kind of shake it out with me a little bit, all right? Come on. And those of you that are not shaking, I see you. <laughs> and I'm taking note, all right? Okay. All right, living in this world... Living in this culture, it can feel like swimming in an ocean. Or sometimes, for me, it feels like swimming in peanut butter, you know. But we'll say an ocean. In the oceans of culture, they have very powerful tides and they have very powerful undercurrents that come from both the left and the right. They come in front of you, behind you, above you, below you. I mean, they're coming from all over the place. And these tides, these currents can pull our allegiance away from Christ. We can get distracted and we lose our sight, our focus on Christ. Now the reality is, if you're alive right now, you're in a culture that was not shaped by you. But the, the cool thing is, is we have the ability to shape the culture of the future. But if you're alive right now, you're in a culture that was not shaped by you. So to navigate the cultural tides, to succeed in this cultural ocean, you can be one of two things. You can be a jellyfish, or you can be a dolphin. All right? 
So what's the difference? A jellyfish just goes with the flow. Like wherever the current takes the jellyfish, that's where it goes. It's just just going with the flow. A dolphin, on the other hand, cuts through the currents. It swims towards the truth. It swims towards holiness in spite of the cultural tides. Listen, as you swim in the culture, I want to encourage you, be a dolphin. Cut through the currents. You don't have to be like everyone else. Don't be a jellyfish that just goes with the flow, that just is trying to fit in, trying not to make waves, you know? Be a dolphin. Man, wasn't that illustration good? (laughs) All right, all right. (laughs) I got to move on. All right, Joshua. So he broadens the declaration, and he says, as for me, it was a personal declaration, but he says, as for me and my family. So Joshua makes a family declaration. Now, let me ask you, did did Joshua know that every single person in his family was going to make the choice to follow God? And the answer is no, he didn't know that. But he was going to do everything in his power to guide them in that direction. Okay, those of you that are mothers and fathers in this room, I think you can relate. I'm learning more and more every single day. I cannot control <laughs> my family. <laughs> okay? I cannot control them. But, and I don't even want to try, to be honest with you. What a nightmare that would be. But I can guide them. I can, I can say, hey, this is, this is a good way to go. Once again, it's their choice. They're going to ultimately be the ones that decide, but I can guide. And that's what Joshua is saying. I'm declaring, Joshua's saying, I'm, gonna, I'm declaring that I'm going to guide my family towards God. You know, my mom used to tell me, Every day you're preparing your children to let them go. Like parents, it's, it's about letting go of control, actually. Every day you're preparing them to, to fly on their own, to release them. The, the scripture actually puts it this way, that children are like an arrow. You know, and hopefully it hits the target. As for me and my family, you see, my direction, Trisha's direction, it will have an influence on our children. Like, the way that Trisha goes, the way that I go, it matters. It's important. So I just have a question, mom and dad, where are you guiding your family? And I know there's a lot of young people in this room, young young people watching online, and they're like, Justin, I'm not married, dude. Well, Maybe you're going to be married someday in the future, but how cool would it be if you decided right now that I'm going to follow the Lord, I'm going to go His way, and I'm going to do my best to marry a spouse who's going the same way. How cool would that be? Notice what else Joshua says. Joshua, as he's talking, he wasn't sure what the culture of his day 
was going to do. He wasn't sure. The people that were listening, he wasn't sure what they were going to decide. He didn't know what they were going to do. So Joshua said, you know, if you, if you choose to follow the gods of the Amorites, if you choose not to follow the one true living God, let me tell you what I'm going to do. And so now Joshua is speaking to the entire nation. So he not only makes a personal declaration, he makes a family declaration. Now Joshua makes a cultural declaration. Okay? You know what we need in this day that we're living in? Is people with a spiritual backbone who love themselves properly They love their families. They love the world in which they live. But they are inextricably clear. You may not want to go where I'm going. My race may not want to go where I'm going. My class may not want to go where I'm going. My culture may not want to go where I'm going. But let me tell you where I'm going, whether you agree with me or not. I am going to serve the Lord. That's what Joshua is saying. Listen, we we have some big issues in our world today, don't we? We've got some big issues. We've got all kinds of pandemics going on. We've got a health pandemic. We've got a racial pandemic, a police and community pandemic. We've got a sexual orientation pandemic. We've got clashes going on all around us. Listen, I think the best resolve to these pandemics are godly people full of love speaking and showing what God has to say about these things. Like, what does God have to say about racial injustice? What what does God have to say about order? What does God have to say about healing wounds? What does God have to say about the role of government? What does God have to say about relating to people who are not like you? Listen, God has something to say about all of it. He hasn't left any issue that we're struggling with void of His direction. He's given us some helps for all of it. Now Joshua says, listen, I'm going to serve the Lord even if all of you disagree with me. Joshua is very clear, but he doesn't just use words. He keeps using a word, but he demonstrates it as well. The word he keeps using is, he says, we will serve the Lord. And so I I have to ask you this morning just to reflect internally, but who do you submit yourself to? Who do you like really tune your ear into? Who do you obey? And it is absolutely critical today that we have a generation of Jesus followers who make the decision to follow the way of Christ even when we don't have all the answers, like even if you're full of questions 
and doubts. Listen, it's okay to have questions. It's okay to have doubts. We're, we're starting a brand new series next Sunday, and it's called Dealing with Doubt. And it's okay to have questions. God is not afraid of your questions. The scripture says that it was actually the words of Jesus, but he says his word is like a lamp unto your feet. So a lamp, it doesn't give you light all the way down the path. It just gives you enough light for the next step. Boom. Okay, God, this is kind of scary. I don't really know where you're going exactly, but oh, there's enough. There's another step. I got to have faith. Boom. You just take the next step. Man, will you decide to follow Jesus even when it's not the culturally popular thing to do? Listen, the evidence that proves we are following Jesus, let me backtrack a little bit. I think in our world today, we have a lot of people who are saying they're under the banner of Christian, you know, Christianity or under the banner of saying they're followers of Jesus, but they are anything but. So how do we, how do we know, my gosh, like, who are the people that are like the real deal? Who are the ones that are truly following? What, where, where can we find evidence? How do I know if I'm truly following the way? The evidence that proves we are following Jesus is this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I want you to notice that all of those words that I just said are things that happen inside of us. Unfortunately, I think Christianity sometimes has gotten a bad rap, and rightly so, because a lot of Christians look at the external. Are they dressing like I dress? Are they doing, you know, checking all the boxes? Are they doing it all right? They're looking at the exterior, but I want you to know that God looks at the heart. That's what He's concerned about. You know, in a letter that was written by John, an eyewitness to the life of Jesus, he recorded one of the most amazing prayers that Jesus prayed. And Jesus prayed this prayer almost 2,000 years ago, but he was praying for you. He was praying for me. This prayer is recorded in John chapter 17, and as Jesus was praying to his Father, he said this in John chapter 17 and verse 15. He said, Father, I'm not asking you to take them, that's you and I, out of the world. Like, I'm sure you felt that way. Like, wouldn't it be nice just to say, all right, Lord, I'm ready. Come on. <laughs> take me home, would you? Like, I'm done. I'm ready. But Jesus said, Father, I don't want you to take them out of the world. But I'm asking that you keep them safe from the evil one. Jesus knew that we were going to be in an ever-changing world. He knew that we were going to need help and protection. He knew that we needed to be able to swim against the current. 
The Apostle Paul said this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. He said, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a a new person. How? By changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Paul, the same guy, he said this in Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. John, when he was an older man, he said this in 1 John 2.15. Do not love this world, nor the things that it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. And those are some challenging verses. But that's what I mean by being a dolphin, okay? It's being so full of Holy Spirit joy, being so full of Holy Spirit courage and Holy Spirit wisdom that you have the strength and you have the wherewithal to swim against the current of culture. And listen, the reality is, is, is we all drive cars, we all use cell phones, we all live in houses, and we wear clothes that look more or less like everyone else around us. Like, I'm not saying that in order to follow Christ, you have to be a freak, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But when Paul says, don't copy the behavior, or when John says, hey, don't love this world, they're talking about an inward difference. They're focused on the inside of who you are. And that inward difference is mission critical. So let me say it this way in closing. As followers of Jesus, let's, let's put our energy, let's put our passion and our efforts into becoming more like Christ. Into becoming more holy and wise and loving, and kind. No, Justin, my goal is to win every debate on Instagram. It's like, good luck with that. My gosh. Hope the best for you. No, no, no. Let's put our passion into being courageous, strong, and influencing those around us that we love the most. Let's put our energy and our passion into being Christ-exalting people. Listen, once again, a person that walks in the Spirit evidences the benefits of that journey. And the benefits are love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. So the decision is yours. You get to decide who are you going to serve? Who are you going to follow? And I hope and pray that you can say, like Joshua, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Let me close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for the example of Joshua. I know as we, as we read about Joshua, I think so many of us could relate to him because he was a man that struggled with doubt. He, he struggled with discouragement. 
And you had to remind him time and time again, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And I just pray that you would continue to give us that opportunity as well and that reminder. Give us that reminder to be strong and courageous. And Lord, help us to evidence and to live out the benefits of walking in the Spirit. We should, we should not be people who are full of hatred and, and unkindness and just fear. Lord, we should be just the opposite. Help us to live out the benefits of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, we're going we're gonna to give you an opportunity right now to, to respond to the message. I mean, we've been talking about making a decision, and I think it would not be right for us to be like, all right, man, church is dismissed, go, you know, and not ask you to make a decision. So in just a moment, we're going to take communion. And I think that's a great opportunity for you internally to reflect and to decide, man, who am I following? Who am I going to follow personally? Who am I going to lead my family to follow and try to guide them towards? You know, sometimes communion, Christians historically have, you know, they've almost been really mournful, just really focusing on the death of Christ. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's been other times where Christians would say, man, yes, Jesus was the sacrifice. Yes, Jesus died for our sins so that we could be set free from our brokenness. But he's not dead anymore. He's alive, okay? So in communion, man, it's okay to think about what Christ went through. There's nothing wrong with that. But let's not stay in that state of mournfulness. Let's actually celebrate as well that Jesus is alive. And that we can follow and trust Him. and He's the one source that is a rock. He will lead you the right way. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read Matthew 26, verses 26 through 28. And then we're going to take communion together. And I know there's a lot of you watching online. I want to encourage you to grab some grape juice out of the fridge or some wine or crackers, bread, whatever you have. And by the way, there's, there's been a lot of people tuning in online, which is cool. We've, we've had other people even on other parts of the country that are tuning in and they're tuning in regularly, which is super exciting. So thanks for tuning in and we want you to take communion with us. So let me read these verses. As they were eating, Jesus and his disciples, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it and he broke it into pieces and he gave it to the, the disciples saying, take this and eat it for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. So I think a good focus for us would be, what what is your response to the sacrifice of Jesus. And many of us here have probably already made that decision. Like you've already said, I'm going to serve the Lord. But maybe this could be a time where you renew that commitment. Maybe you've kind of lost your way or lost your focus and you could get back on track and renew that commitment. But there's others of us who have never taken that step of faith. We've never decided that Jesus is going to be my God. I'm going to follow his way. And listen, today could be the day of your salvation, of your deliverance, of your
your freedom spiritually. Little side note, when you take those communions, you actually have to open it twice, okay? You open one, that's where the bread is. You open the next one, that's where the juice is. So if you could get your communion ready, I'm going to pray. And then you take communion in a spirit of remembrance, in a spirit of rejoicing that Jesus is alive, okay? Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. And thank you for the confident hope that we have in you. And I pray today, everyone watching online, everyone here in person would be able to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.